Restaurant outrage. We're kind of in shock over it all. The surprise ingredient allegedly found in a bowl of soup that'll turn your stomach. Windstorm woes drag on. It still sucks. Devastation sucks. Residents still struggling a week after the trees blew down. And startling new developments in a sex assault case involving a six-year-old allegedly lured away from school. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. The owner of a trendy Gastown restaurant is in shock today after a stomach-turning discovery in a bowl of soup. But first a warning, video of the incident is not pleasant to watch. A customer allegedly found a rat or a mouse in her meal. Jill Bennett now with more on exactly what happened and the owner's attempts at damage control. What is this? Oh my god, it's a dead. <gasps> this video shared on Instagram is disturbing. Is it supposed to be there? Those behind it claim they found a rodent in a bread bowl of clam chowder at the Crab Park Chowdery in Gastown Thursday afternoon. We're kind of in shock over it all. Um, it's something that is, is never from a business owner standpoint that you ever want to see. Phillips has owned the chowdery for two years. He says the staff member who served the soup in question is one of his best employees. She did not see anything in that Manhattan chowder. She swears up and down by it. But the chowdery has been cited by Vancouver Coastal Health in the past, last February, for showing signs of rodent activity and for potentially letting pests enter the premises. We do our best to control the situation, to manage it the best we possibly can. If we took any product that could be suspect, we've dumped everything out and we're starting fresh just to make sure that we're completely and totally safe. Health inspectors cleared the chowdery to open Friday, but they've shut down the restaurant where they say the chowdery soup is prepared in a commercial kitchen. Mamie Taylor's on East Georgia, now closed because of signs of a rodent infestation. Throughout the premises, so there's uh, signs of uh, rodent infestation in the downstairs, which was being used as a commissary, as well as in the uh, kitchen of the restaurant upstairs. Oh my God, it's a dead... <gasps> but the question remains, if the post is legitimate, how did a rodent get into a 20-liter soup pot? There's a possibility of things coming from overhead into the into a kettle or it could be you know in some dry ingredient that's put in you know, there's different ways that potentially it could have gotten into the soup as for Phillips he hopes all the negative attention won't mean the end for the chowdery crab park chowdery is a place that has high standards and we offer great food the people who posted the video were given a full refund and a $100 gift certificate which they accepted Jill Bennett Global News and some breaking news tonight from Vancouver police officials now saying a disturbing sexual assault involving a young girl that was reported earlier this month may not have actually happened. Sarah McDonald has the latest developments, and Sarah, this will come as a relief to many parents. Well, Chris, for the most part, though, Vancouver police say this investigation is still ongoing. Those initial allegations were extremely disturbing, as many will remember, putting parents and school administrators on edge. Now Vancouver police say they have no evidence that alleged crime was ever actually committed. This all started earlier this month. On December 5th, police receiving a report that a six-year-old girl had been lured away from the playground at Sexsmith Elementary School in South Vancouver. Vancouver by an unknown man and sexually assaulted before being returned to school grounds.
grounds now more than three weeks later after an extensive investigation involving the VPD sex crime unit. Police say they have been unable to substantiate those claims, officials telling us. Investigators combed through surveillance footage, interviewed students and faculty members, and followed up on tips from the public and still could not establish any evidence to support those allegations. But Vancouver police, who would not speak with us on camera today, say this investigation isn't over yet, telling us this case is still open and active. So, Chris, this likely is not the last we've heard on this case. Sounds like it. Thanks very much, Sarah McDonald, for us tonight. Well, a bizarre warning from Vancouver's health authority about a fake doctor. Bad reviews for a person who goes by the name of Dr. Nguyen Nguyen have been popping up on a doctor rating website, warning people to stay away. Coastal Health says Aston Nguyen Phong Nguyen has been advertising his services as a surgeon at Vancouver General and asking prospective patients to pay him a deposit for their procedure. But he has no affiliation with VCH or VGH and is not authorized to practice medicine in BC. Coastal Health says anyone who has paid him a deposit for surgery should contact police and the College of Physicians and Surgeons immediately. Relatives are identifying the man killed in an East Vancouver hit and run yesterday as Donald Auger, the 39-year-old father of three, was struck on Kingsway near Glen Drive early in the morning. He later died in hospital. The alleged driver has turned himself in to police and has his vehicle seized. Tonight, Augur's family and friends are gathering at 7 o'clock near the scene of the accident for a candlelight vigil. They are obviously devastated by what happened. I feel a little bit angry because when I look at the circumstances of things, someone just left my brother there and didn't even think to be accountable or responsible. And our family's in shambles right now. A 24-year-old Abbotsford man is facing a total of 17 charges today in connection with a bizarre hit-and-run rampage in the Fraser Valley last week. As Romina Dea reports, James Gordon's family says the tragedy never should have come to this. Sitting in the front row of the courtroom, James Joseph Gordon's mother and sister. He's lost. He is not himself at all. He looks so distraught. Like, I don't know. 24-year-old Gordon appeared disoriented, speaking only a few words when addressed by the judge. This is not my son. This is not my son. Point blank, not my son. He needs medication, and I'm just appalled that he's not getting help. The B.C. Prosecution Service tells Global News James Joseph Gordon is facing 17 charges in connection to the hit and runs on December 19th, including five counts of assault with a weapon and five counts of dangerous driving causing bodily harm. I can't tell you how I got out of the way. I just remember flying through the air. Lisa Toby is one of several people who called police. Langley RCMP say a Mazda pickup truck ran over multiple pedestrians in Langley and Abbotsford on December 19th. Police say seven people were seriously injured. Two dogs were struck, one died. The carnage taking place within three hours of Gordon being discharged from Abbotsford Hospital. He was extremely depressed and suicidal, and if he were to have been treated in the hospital properly, he wouldn't have been released into the community knowing that this something like this could have happened. 
Fraser Health tells us it can't discuss the case because of privacy. It claims an effort was made to reach family when Gordon was released, but his mother says no one called. This is so traumatic, um, and my heart is breaking as his mom. Gordon's next court appearance is January 3rd. For what it's worth, his mother is apologizing to everyone who was hurt. Ramina Dea, Global News. A woman is recovering from injuries suffered in an overnight industrial fire in Maple Ridge. 35 firefighters were called to battle flames that broke out around 1 a.m. The fire started in a shed at an industrial site at the end of Fisherman Road. Fire crews and RCMP were on the scene quickly and the fire was put out shortly after they arrived. The woman has been taken to hospital suffering from smoke inhalation. Uh, reports are when the crews arrived on scene, they were met with someone who said that they uh, they were in the area. They went inside and saw smoke. That person was transported to the hospital. It's a milestone, but not the kind calling for celebration. North Shore Rescue fielded a record number of calls in 2018. Another year of more people getting in trouble in the backcountry. And as Nadia Stewart reports, they don't see this as an exception but as the new normal. Late Thursday night, volunteers with North Shore Rescue respond to yet another call for help. Got two individuals uh, and two dogs yep. that uh, started hiking up grouse, and on the way back down, they ended up in one of the drainages, Mosquito Creek. The two 24-year-old hikers were eventually found safe, thanks to dedicated volunteers who fielded more calls this year than in any other, a significant increase since 2010. Our call volume was typically about 90 calls a year and that seemed like a busy thing for volunteer, a volunteer group. Now we're up to in the 141 range, which is almost three calls a week. The previous record was 139 calls in 2015, but with days to go until the new year, a new record has been set. Call number 140 saw them responding to reports of a downed plane on Mount Seymour. That turned out to be nothing. But Thursday night's rescue of lost hikers pushed them even higher to 141 calls for the year. And I think it's kind of the new reality for us. So we're seeing more tourists in the backcountry. Bigger population is the second biggest factor, I think. There are just more people going out, and I think a higher percentage of the people going out are, are not prepared now. In 2016, the Liberal government gave a one-time cash injection of $10 million to the BC Search and Rescue Association. The group has been calling on governments to look at other funding models for long-term stable support. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth says it is something they are exploring. Nadia Stirk, Global News. Snow is going to make it even more treacherous in the backcountry, and today even parts of the Lower Mainland are experiencing their first snow of the season. Christy Gordon joins us now with the very latest. Christy. Chris, we had a chance of it in the forecast, and this time it happened. It started around 11 a.m. Reports started coming in from White Rock, Langley, and Surrey, but it was really wet snow, almost hard to see the flakes at all. But it did get heavier around 1, well, between 1 and 3, really, but just in pockets, sort of uh, Burnaby, Coquitlam, Surrey, parts of the North Shore. Thankfully for motorists, though, it didn't stick, although I have to admit I was a little bit sad about that. Uh, but it did on Bowen Island. It's slushy wet 
that snow covered uh, the roads for part of the day. Even our helicopter, Global One, was grounded because of the wet snow today. What now? Well, a warm front is going to push through overnight. That's going to increase the temperatures. Now what we're concerned about is heavy rain and strong winds tomorrow. I'll show you how strong when I come back. All right, we'll check in later. Thanks very much, Christy. Right now, it appears Vancouver's first legal pot shop won't be opening tomorrow after all. The people behind Evergreen Cannabis Society on West 4th near McDonald had waited four years to get all the regulatory approval to sell government-sanctioned weed as of Saturday. But co-owner Mike Babbins now says they have to push the opening back a week because of delays in getting the final paperwork from City Hall These during the holidays. We did get our license on Christmas Eve, so there's been no one there to process the paperwork. We've been working with people with the city and with the province trying to find a way to get it done. But unfortunately, uh, City Hall's closed and there's just no way to get in there to get everything done on time. The approval of Evergreen in Vancouver brings the total number of licensed marijuana shops in B.C. to five. There are two in Kamloops, one each in Kimberley and Pooscoopy. Surrey RCMP conducted an operation this holiday season to see who was naughty and who was nice. And it turns out the nice won out. In the weeks leading up to Christmas, the Mounties placed bait packages containing electronics and jewelry boxes in and around food courts and seating areas at two local malls. Plainclothes officers ended up arresting a number of less than honest people who took the bait. Unfortunately, we did have three naughty. Three males were arrested for allegedly stealing the packages, but we had more than that on the nice side where we had seven good Samaritans. Take these packages and return them to either a security guard or the customer service booth, or just simply watched over those packages until the rightful owner returned to them. Some have called it Astoria Borealis, the shocking blue light that lit up the sky over New York City. What caused it later? Also tonight, hundreds of revelers covered head to toe in flour. The reason for this unusual celebration later on the news hour. Well, BC Hydro is expecting more strong winds this weekend as the cleanup from the last storm continues. Close to 1,600 customers are still in the dark on Gulf or on the Gulf Islands and on Vancouver Island, where some homes were destroyed. John Waugh reports. Just gotta watch your stuff. It's yeah. every day since last week's devastating windstorm has felt like a step in the wrong direction for the Joe family. This is um, our living room area. As you can see, that this is where the most damage is done. A cottonwood tree crashed down on this couch in Bay home. The loss of power was the least of their problems. He said there's about 80% damage. That's just from the structural damage. What little they were actually left with, looters decided to take away. We had a generator stolen, Christmas gifts that we forgot, and then money that we raised from our uh, annual power. Lester Joe says it's hard to pick up the pieces when the problems of the present keep piling up. I feel hurt, you know. I guess nobody really expects something like this to happen to their home. BC Hydro crews continue to work around the clock on the Gulf Islands, hoping to have power back online before the end of 2018. We know, especially at this time of year, how difficult this can be, and we just want them to know that we're doing everything that we can to get their power restored as soon as possible. In Nanaimo, residents are cleaning up what they can. This mobile home left mangled by a fallen tree. Oh, man, they're just lucky to be alive. 
Catherine Winter says her neighbors had decided to take a nap in the back because the power was out. It was the only part of their home that was spared. They would have been squished, so it's fortunate that, you know, they weren't in the front, but unfortunate the tree fell on their trailer. And with so many still dealing with the effects from last week's windstorm, BC Hydro is now warning that another round of high winds could be on the way. John Hua, Global News. Some B.C. prisoners are giving back this holiday season to make life a little more bearable for those living on the streets. Workers with the Union Gospel Mission loading up their outreach van with some 100 blankets repurposed by a team of elves at Port Coquitlam's North Fraser Pretrial Centre. Over five weeks, 10 inmates folded, rolled and stacked clean linens to make 2,500 bed rolls for Metro Vancouver homeless shelters. The hospital blankets, sheets and towels would otherwise have ended up in the landfill. Basically, inmates are helping keep people safe and I, we think that's amazing. When we tell our homeless guests that people made these in jail for them, um, they, they note it. They're surprised that that's coming from that source to help them in their time of need and they're grateful. Some soldiers showing off their engineering skills in Chilliwack today. More than 250 military engineers from across Canada taking part in Exercise Paladin Response, as it's called, a week-long clinic on designing, planning and constructing bridges in conflict zones. Chilliwack's own 39 Combat Engineer Regiment hosting the event at an armory in the Cultus Lake area. The annual event is one of the longest-running exercises in Canadian Army history. One of the skills that we're doing right now is Medium Girder Bridge. So essentially it is a bridge that you see behind me that you clip together almost like uh, Lego and then you can uh, cross a gap or a span um, if there was a washed out bridge um, and to replace that. BC's top lawyer is trying to take some of the mystery out of politics and the law. David Eby spoke to several law school classes at the start of the school year and as Richard Zussman reports, the Attorney General is taking it a step further offering unprecedented access to his office, too. B.C. Attorney General David Eby has been handed some of the province's toughest files. From money laundering... The only way to combat money laundering is to tackle it full-on. ...to electoral reform... Voters will be able to rank their preference of three proportional voting systems. ...to fixing the mess at ICBC. They knew the dumpster was on fire, but they pushed it behind the building. But it's the work behind the scenes that most people don't get to see where Eby's trying to make his longest-term impact. The Attorney General, the first in the province to extend an open invitation to all BC law students to come sit down with him at his office. Uh, law students representing the future of our profession are an incredibly important group. Uh, we're asking for... Eby uh, says the reason he's extending the invitation is that his experience in the law has been non-traditional. From law school on the East Coast to a job as the head of the BC Civil Liberties Association, through opposition, now to the job as the province's top lawyer. I uh, hope that students would think about different ways of approaching the law uh, and, uh, and how to represent people. I just wanted to jump at the chance to just sit down with him and just figure out, you know, what he thinks on certain issues. Well, I think it's incredibly important because um, 
you need you need to be motivated to be able to get through school. Eby says ministers and politicians in general often seem inaccessible to the public. He hopes to change that, hosting these sort of meetings in both Victoria and Vancouver. He's not sure a young David Eby would have been so keen. I'd like to think that if an attorney general came to my law school class and made an offer like that, that I would take uh, take her up on it. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100% sure whether I would have when I was in law school. You know. Thanks so much for coming, yeah. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. One of three Canadians being held in Chinese custody is back home tonight. Alberta's Sarah McIver was teaching overseas when she was detained earlier this month over a problem with her work permit. Global's Blake Law has more on the end of her administrative punishment. Well, yes, yeah, Sarah McIver is back home in Alberta, according to government officials. She was teaching in China when about a week ago she was taken into custody by Chinese authorities. Canadian officials have said it was because of a work permit issue. The Chinese called it an administrative penalty for illegal employment. According to a close friend who spoke to Global News when McIver was detained, she had been planning to come home for Christmas and had originally left for China back in August. The friend said McIver had been moved to teach in a different part of the country, and perhaps that had been the reason for the arrest. MacGyver's detainment came hot on the heels of other high-profile detainments. Both Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig, two Canadians living and working in China, were arrested on allegations that they were harming China's national security. Many saw this as a retaliation after Canadian authorities arrested Chinese technology executive Meng Wanzhou on December 1st. The Canadian government has called for both those men's immediate release, but stressed that the case of Sarah MacGyver appeared to be completely separate from the other two. Now, the government did not disclose exactly when MacGyver was released, citing privacy laws. The Humboldt Broncos Junior Hockey Club is confirming its parting ways with its head coach and GM. Earlier today, Nathan Oistrich tweeted that he gave everything he could and is proud of his and the team's performance this season. And, quote, despite the extreme stress and constant pressure, he's leaving. The Regina native and former NHLer was only hired in July. That was three months after 16 members of the junior hockey team, including former coach Darcy Hogg, were, Darcy Hoggin, sorry, were killed in a bus crash. Oistrich hasn't explained the reasons for his departure yet. The mystery has been solved over what caused that eerie blue light over New York last night. The blue flash sparked speculation about an alien invasion. It turns out there was an electrical surge that caused an explosion at a power substation in Astoria, Queens. Arcing electricity created the glow. The blackout closed LaGuardia Airport for a while and New York's governor had a little fun with it. I saw the equipment. I saw the damage. I saw what was burned, uh, and what it was is what uh, it has, has been represented to be. It was an electrical uh, malfunction. Uh, we did find uh, one piece of evidence that is a little peculiar. This was on the site, which has raised some questions, but uh, I'm told it's a piece of safety equipment for workers, which I believe. Some people are going to believe it. Well, it's either a baker's nightmare or a dream come true. <laughs> Chaos ruled in the southeastern Spanish town of Ibi today as residents took part in a battle with flour, eggs and firecrackers. It's part of an annual festival connected to Spain's equivalent of April Fool's Day. 
Revelers stage a mock coup and take over the town until sunset. The festival was first celebrated more than 200 years ago and was revived back in 1981. In Health Matters tonight, those on the front lines of the fentanyl crisis are calling for a new and drastic way to deal with the deadly epidemic. Every day in our province, four people die from drug overdoses. Now, as Aaron MacArthur reports, one social service provider is about to take a controversial step, hoping to save lives. The sirens never seem to stop. In Vancouver alone, drug overdoses kill one person every day. At the Portland Hotel Society, a new program aims to stem the tide, giving a select group of patients safe alternatives to fentanyl. 50 patients will receive hydromorphone pills to use under supervision. We're trying different options for people to see if we can help them escape from that street market and escape from that cycle of overdosing and recovering and having to commit crime to get drugs. Safe spaces to use drugs, not new in Vancouver. But with so much of the supply poisoned by fentanyl, everyone from the province's top health official to community workers are calling for a clean supply to be made available to those struggling with addiction issues. There's a really good understanding that safe supply is going to really help um, folks uh, get what they need as opposed to having to, um, to use the, what's the killing them on the streets. The city of Vancouver has approved dozens of recommendations surrounding the opioid crisis, including a move to a safer supply. The BC Centre for Disease Control will work with the city to provide a street-level storefront where opioids can be made available. The PHS program, part of a research project studying how the hydromorphone will be used. In talking with the patients, they have told me that when they uh, use tablets, diluted tablets from the street, that they, it actually feels much better than the injectable liquid program that we have. So the idea from this program actually came from the patients themselves. While there are concerns the hydromorphone will be used off-label, the program will begin in the new year. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. The U.S. newborn shattering records and how long he had to stay in hospital before finally getting the all clear. That's coming up right after the forecast. We'll check in now with Christy. We mentioned the winds that might be coming back this weekend, Christy. Yes. Now, thankfully, just below warning criteria, but certainly enough winds that we need to be talking about it. That's for sure. Yes, first snow across the lower mainland today. This was earlier today, and this is a scene out there now. It is just rain, everyone, and we're going to continue to warm up overnight. So we'll be warming up to about four or five degrees overnight, and tomorrow in the morning, expect about 10 degrees, and that's because of this warm front that's bringing in milder air across the region, but we will see heavy rain at times, and I'll show you that across the lower mainland in a second. Ahead of that front, though, significant snow all across the province. We have snowfall warnings, winter storm warnings, and we're expecting blowing snow. So whiteout conditions expected on all of the highways from northern BC right into southern BC. Now, as that warm front pushes further inland tomorrow morning, yes, areas across the south will see temperatures warm up. So Coquihalla will see the snow change over to rain, but it won't happen until about the nine o'clock hour tomorrow morning. And look at the lower mainland. We're talking about the potential for localized flooding and very strong winds. We're talking about winds up to 60, 70 kilometers an hour. So I shouldn't say very because we've dealt with way worse than that. That's for sure here across the lower mainland, but strong enough. That's for sure. And then in behind it, big drop in temperature, clearing trend, and we continue with strong winds into the afternoon hours, but we may see a bit of sunshine. I think the strongest winds will happen likely around 11 a.m. till about the noon hour tomorrow. Southeastern 
westerly winds, 50 to 60, maybe still at 70 kilometer an hour gusts. Winter wonderland in Kelowna today, just gorgeous. And people were digging out in Prince George and the snowfall warning continues for all of those regions. North of Kamloops is where we'll see the snowfall overnight. Tomorrow, again, a lot of these areas will see it change over to rain. So you can see temperatures finally making their way up above that freezing mark. But we will see snow and blowing snow through the morning hours before it changes over to rain. And yes, mild with heavy rain tomorrow morning, windy conditions as well, but we clear out for a number of days after that. Temperatures though for New Year's, Chris, minus one potentially, and I'll just leave you with this. The picture perfect Canadian scene, Big Bar Lake and near the Caribou, in the Caribou region. Thanks to Maggie for that one. Fantastic. Nice. What is that? A nice llama? Uh, What's going on there? I'm oh, sure. a nookshook, isn't it? A is it llama? A okay, could be. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't see a monitor that well from where I am, plus my eyesight's going. All right, thanks very much, Christy. A newborn baby is breaking records while melting hearts at a hospital in Texas. This is Ali James Medlock. He weighed 14 pounds, 13 ounces at birth on December 12th, making him the heaviest baby ever born at Arlington Memorial Hospital. Because of that, that he was so unusually big, Ali had to stay in the NICU for a week due to rapid breathing, but fortunately his health has improved a lot and he is now at home with his new family. All right, Squire's here? Yes, I am. Let's do it. <laughs> I look like my aunt's with her bingo cards. Uh, okay. Here's your blotter. I know, they like like 30 cards. Uh, okay, one thing we know about the Vancouver Canucks right now, they have two of the best young shooters in hockey, Brock Besser, He's quick with the shot, but he really is pure power. Elias Pettersson, it's kind of all about physics. He's thin, he's wiry, but he can put a whip on his shot, and quite often, it's in the roof. Last night, showed us something a bit different. Short side goal, but once again, one that was right up in the top corner. Toughest place for a goaltender to make a save. Let's go back and look. It was 2-1. Remember, they got all four goals in the first period on Koskinen. But that shot, I know Koskinen's a big goalie. He had a bad night. But not a lot of goalies would be able to stop this. Look where he puts it. There's not a lot of room here. Right up top. Incredible. Tomorrow, it's Calgary. Oh, John Tortorello looking happy as ever. Columbus, Toronto, it's 1-1. John Tavares. Makes John Tortorella even unhappier. 2-1, 26 second of the game. 2-1 Leafs and then Mitch Marner. When the Leafs get that offense going, almost unstoppable. 4-2 final, Toronto over Columbus. Well, Max Domi and Aaron Ekblad had an ugly moment in the preseason. There's Domi and there's Ekblad and here's what happened if you had forgotten. Ooh, that punch right there by Domi. Well, they're facing each other for the first time since then. Third period, Thomas Tatar, the power play goal for Montreal. That made it 3-2. And then Arturi Lekanen from Andre Shaw. Arturi Lekanen makes it 5-3 final for Montreal over Luongo and Florida. The CEO of the Dallas Stars, Jim Lights, did not hold back when reporters asked him, how do you think your two best players are doing this year, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan? He said they were horse you-know-what. In fact, they were bleeping horse bleeping.
And Tom Gillardi, the owner who is from BC, agreed. He's also not happy that his two highest paid guys have not been good enough this season. As for the two players in question, when asked what they thought, they both said, we have to be better. They said nothing about horses. Uh, okay, the picture beside my head. Nope, that way. Rather appropriate. A Danish goalie looking up, which is what Denmark does to all the big hockey nations. It looks up. The other night, Denmark had their net filled by Canada 14-0. It was a game that the Danes knew they would lose. It was just a question of how many. And the answer, of course, was a lot. But this isn't football. The Canadian kids couldn't stop scoring. They couldn't take a knee and run out the clock. The Danes are obviously not a hockey nation. There are, in fact, and this is true, more equestrian athletes in Denmark than there are hockey players. But we have seen a few of their best make the NHL. Yannick Hansen was Danish. And to them, just being at the World Juniors is a huge accomplishment, no matter how much they lost to Canada by. The Danes have no illusions. They're not going to win a medal at this World Junior Tournament, but just the fact they are in the top tier of the under-20 championships for five straight years is a pretty impressive accomplishment for a country where hockey is not king. The Danes are great at soccer, world-ranked 10th. In hockey, they are 12th of the world, and most of their elite players do their developing on foreign ice. We are very happy every time a player goes abroad and gets success, whatever he gets it in, in Sweden or other parts of Europe or in, in NHL. And you can say the more players we actually have in NHL, the more players there's a chance to play in the World Championship, which is important for the Danish ice hockey. Eller's son Lars won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals last year and more Danes are chasing the dream. Two on this junior team are playing in the Western League this year. Six foot seven goalie Mad Sogard is in his rookie season with the Medicine Hat Tigers and 18 year old Philip Schultz is in his first season with the Victoria Royals. He scores! Philip Schultz! Every player's dream is to play in, in the NHL and it's also my dream and I will work for that every day. So come over here and play in the small rink and play North America hockey is, I think it will develop me a lot and I can already feel that I have taken some steps. Down low, Ehlers up high, sharply shot by There are currently seven Danes playing in the NHL and a couple of them are all-star quality. Nick Ehlers is lighting it up for the Winnipeg Jets and Frederick Anderson could win the Vezina Trophy this year. You know, it's just uh, exciting to see a guy like that make it and uh, it motivates me and, you know, something I want to achieve as well. I, I want to be the next one. Hockey is gaining momentum slowly in Denmark, but it's a small, tight-knit community, so those who have had success give back, hoping it will pay off with even more young Danes making it big. It's about uh, developing everyone. It's about having fun, so if I can help with something like that, I'm more than happy to do that. More players have started ice hockey this season, but will the number still be higher when the season ends? That's a one question, eh? All right, Spangler Cup. Zach Fukali, local boy Dante Fabra, who had a couple of goals in Canada, beat Nuremberg today by the score of 6-2. That means the Canadians are in the semis. They have done very well at this tournament. We have won it 15 times. There you go. And a big game tomorrow. You're going to go? I'm going to try. At the World Juniors. And Canada check, right? Yeah. 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 All right.
Here's okay. Sarah McDonald now with a preview of Global News at 11. Sarah. Well, Chris, new developments tonight in the case of a Kelowna social worker accused of stealing thousands of dollars from children in his care. We'll tell you what the financial institution accused of not doing enough to stop that alleged theft is saying in its defense. Also, a candlelight vigil is being held for the victim of yesterday's fatal hit and run in Vancouver. Donnell Auger was struck on Kingsway near Glen Drive in the early hours of Thursday morning. He died in hospital a short time later. In just a few minutes, friends and family will be honoring the single father of three children. At the intersection where that accident happened, we'll hear from the victim's loved ones and have a full wrap on today's headlines tonight on Global News at 11. Chris. All right, sounds good. Thanks very much, Sarah. It's Friday, so stick around. Squire has satellite debris coming up next. But first, here's Kasia Badurko with a look at five things to do on the weekend. Kasia? Yeah, if your New Year's resolutions include getting out there and having a little more fun, we're here to help. Kick off the new year at Mount Seymour's Family First Night, the North Shore's longest-running family-friendly New Year's Eve event. Take in the live entertainment or go laser tobogganing. Cozy up near the fire and indulge in complimentary s'mores. Whistler Village will be a bustle with a range of festivities happening from noon till midnight on New Year's Eve. Entertainment, crafts and activities galore with a special edition of the Fire and Ice Show at 11.30 p.m. Start off the new year by a cozy campfire among the beauty of towering evergreens. Sing along to familiar songs and listen to stories of local nature at the Pacific Spirit Regional Park in Vancouver. But if you're into the shock and rush of a good old polar bear swim, take the plunge New Year's Day. Several are going on across the lower mainland. Delta, Langley and Deep Cove host polar bear swims. But the largest and longest running one happens at English Bay around 2 p.m. How about a winter wonderland skate? Skate to festive music surrounded by thousands of twinkling lights, real snow banks, decorated holiday trees and more. For more info, you'll find it at globalnews.ca slash five things. Here's today's snow reports, snow falling and cool air on the mountains today through tonight. Whistler Blackcomb base of 207 centimeters, 199 grouse, Cypress 225, Sasquatch 167. Revelstoke a base of 173 centimeters, 153 Fernie, Manning Park 130 and Whitewater 173. Big White's base 145 centimeters, 142 Silver Star and Sun Peaks 120. Kicking Horse, a base of 134, Mount Washington 173, and Powder King's base 182 centimeters. All right, let's do it. The okay. final episode, the final episode of Satellite Debris for 2018. That is true because New Year's Eve is... It's Monday. Monday. Good that you told me that. You I'll need lie. to know that because we're be doing there. the show Don't there. Worry, just remind me again on Sunday. We're hoping you'll show up. I only ever know what the month and season is. I'm not very good on dates. Okay, so... Um, in 2019, there'll be a show over in the UK called Dancing on Ice, very popular. And here is a promotional commercial for that.
on ice. That's I like a, that. That was quite the jump. That was the show. I would go and see it. See how strong that yeah. little squirrel is? Mm -hmm. Like an ant. Just a hundred <laughs> times its own weight. Okay, E-Trade commercial with dogs. Last week, you and I were here by ourselves, and we had a commercial mm -hmm. from Olay about Christmas. And the same woman who did the musical for Christmas for Olay does this one, and there are subtitles so you can sing along. Oh. Goodbye coat, goodbye shoes, strike up that oil diffuser. I can't wait to wash my goodbye pants. Hello, robe, bobby pins, you've done your job, job. I can't wait, ah, oh, wait, yes, free me from this daily grease. Make up oil impurities. It's time to cleanse, exfoliate, and glow. Hey. Ew, is this your bobby pin? I can't wait to wash my face and feel that clean embrace of cleansing power as it gently exfoliates. Oh, I can't wait to wash my face. I can't wait to wash my face. Oh, I can't wait. Did you guys take your shoes off? Towel grab, mirror wink. Hello to my favorite sink. I can't wait to wash my scrunchy bun. Water splash. All you need is just a dash. Olay Daily Facial. Your makeup feels so clean. Hydrating. One clap to save my skin. Feel the clean, see the glow. That hydration really show. There she is, that girl I know. Someone's in here. Can you hurry? I have to. Someone's in here. Oh, I feel so great. I wash my face. Let's celebrate. I wash my face. Now all I need is pizza and a show about baking cakes. I feel so. You do that when you wash your face. I have to tell you, I am so excited to wash my face when I get home, but it doesn't quite work out like uh, that. Not quite like that. We are all the sister of that woman tonight, or the friend, or whatever it was. Happy New Year. We'll see you on Monday.